Hi, I'm Brenda Burns, and this is the Vienna Assembly of God Sermons Podcast. Thank you for listening. It's an honor to share this time with you. Learn more about the ministries of Vienna Assembly of God at ViennaAG.com. Please leave your comments and reviews on the platform where you're listening. And now for today's message. I am here to introduce um, Becky Becky Poocher to us coming up. She's gonna uh, she's gonna share the word with us today. Um, she has known my mom for a long time, and um, I have gotten to know her through some events. And so we're glad to have her with us today. All she said to say about her as an introduction is she's a lover of God and a lover of people, and um, that exudes from you. So we're so glad you're with us today, and thank you. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much. I have everything I need. It is good to be in Vienna, Virginia this morning. I just want to start off by saying this. I appreciate so much Vienna Assembly of God supporting me, partnering with me each month in ministry. Many times people say, well, what do you do as a missionary? Well, I'm I'm a U.S. missionary chaplain, and I spend all of my time in nursing homes, assisted livings, uh, 55 and above apartment complexes, uh, Alzheimer's and dementia units, that's my life. And that's my joy. I love working with uh, elderly people and they don't mind being called elderly because they've lived a long time to be there and they appreciate it. But I come to you this morning to talk with you about your mission. So many times we hear about missions through the Assemblies of God. We have U.S. missions, which is in the United States, and we have world missions, which is around the world. And both of them are so very important. But much more important to me is what your mission is and my mission is. Because God has called all of us to a mission today. We are called to spread the word of God. We're called to to be what Christ has asked us to be. So I just wonder, have you ever thought about what your mission is? Have you ever thought about what God has called you to do or is calling you to do? So the dictionary defines mission as an important assignment carried out for political, religious, or commercial purposes. And then the second definition it gives is the vocation or calling of a religious organization, especially a Christian one, to go into the world and spread its faith. But our mission, my mission and your mission, is clearly defined by God. We are not called by an organization. We are called by God himself on mission. And this is what it says in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Therefore, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So we... We have a mission, not just me, but you too. We have a mission. 
and I love what it says when it says, therefore. So I went back and, and looked at the verses above, because you know you've got to keep things in context in the word, don't you? And it says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. So Jesus has the authority to give us the mission to go and tell others about him, to spread the good news of salvation. And I'll ask you this a couple of times this morning, but how is your mission going? How is your mission going? Are you fully involved in what God has asked you to do? Are you reaching out and sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? I encourage you this morning, as I encourage myself to do weekly and daily almost, to take stock in how we are fulfilling the mission that God has called us to. Now, there have been many seasons in my life in ministry, but in this last season, God has specifically called me to minister to the elderly, to the seniors of our, of our country, of my area. And you know, at some times, I'm going to be very honest with you this morning, at some times, an overwhelming sense of responsibility takes my breath away when I think about the mission that the Lord has called me to. At times, it seems endless, impossible, and heart-wrenching. Maybe you've never heard a missionary say that before, but it's true for each of us. Our mission weighs heavily upon our hearts. But Matthew 28 tells us what Jesus said for us to do. He said, go and make disciples. So it's one day at a time that we do our mission. It's one person at a time that we do our mission. But you always have to remember the last part of that verse, that Jesus said he would be with us always, and that is what makes the mission doable. So here's what Jesus said for us to do. First of all, he said go. Simple. He didn't say think about it. He didn't even say pray about it. He said, go, be obedient to his calling to share the good news. If we are followers of Jesus Christ, if we love him and we serve him, then we want to do what he has called us to do. And he said, go, go to your family. Lots of times people are looking for big missions or big things to get involved in. But I always tell people, your mission begins at home. You minister first to the people that God has given you, your family. Go to your family. Go to your friends then. Go to your community. Wherever you go, share Jesus. That's our mission. Wherever you go, share Jesus. We don't have to know it all. We don't have to know every scripture verse and where it's found even though that's good and we study to show ourselves approved, but we are told to go and share what Jesus has done for us. No one can argue against your testimony because it's yours. They've never experienced it, but you can share what God 
has done for you. And we don't go alone. We don't go in our own power. We go in the promise that the Lord is with us. He has promised to, do, to be with us. And then secondly, he says this. He says, make disciples. Make disciples. I love that. He didn't say, find disciples. He said, make disciples. Making disciples is a, pro is a process. You don't make a disciple overnight. It doesn't happen that way. There's an investment in relationship building, in trust building, and the practical teaching that has to take place for a disciple to be made. So it's a process that you and I have to be invested in. But never forget, again, Jesus has promised to be with us, and he gives us the wisdom that we need. I think about making disciples. Making disciples. So many times we are so excited to win someone to Jesus, and that is exciting. But if you don't make a disciple out of the person that you win to Jesus, they have no foundation on which to build their life on Christ. If they don't know how to read the word, if they don't know how to come against the enemy when he comes with temptations and when he comes with problems, they need someone to teach them. Jesus said, make disciples. So every day, you and I are sowing seeds of truth in the lives of those around us as we live out the word of God in front of people and become the hands of Jesus extended to others. I have realized in my mission that what matters most to people is your faithfulness to them. When they can learn to depend on you to be there for them, they're more willing to hear what you have to say. And we can faithfully minister to others when we ourselves are faithful to God and know that he's faithful to us. I have this quote in my office it's from Mother Teresa, and it says this. I was never called to be successful. I was called to be faithful. And in my striving to be faithful, my life will be fruitful. And because it is fruitful, you could say I am successful. How refreshing to know that God does not demand that we be successful he says, be faithful. Be faithful to your calling. See, we don't start and then stop. We have to be faithful to what God has called us to do. Sometimes you and I just need to keep in mind who called us. The person that called us is the very person that says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's who called us, and he can help us with everything that we need. It's for him. It's not for us. It's for him. It's through him and by him, and it's for his glory. And then thirdly, he said to teach. Teach them, he said, to obey everything that I have commanded. Now, that's important. And you think about teaching, there's a lot of commands in this book, isn't there? 
Teach them to obey everything that I have commanded. We are to teach them the word of God. Teach our disciples, those that we are ministering to, the word of God. A great part of making disciples is teaching. So in order to teach them, though, you and I have to stay teachable. We have to be lifelong learners. I learn every week something new. Do you? I learn something new every week. I read a lot. I study a lot. I listen a lot. That's an important thing. I listen a lot, and I learn so much from others, from the Word of God, even from ministers, other ministers. I find myself faithful in a Bible study every week. I don't lead that Bible study. I am a participant in that Bible study because I need to be around other believers and I need to grow in the faith and I need to learn so that I can share with those that I'm ministering to. I like to say that I've been in church all my life and that's true, even nine months before. I have been in church. I've been taught the word of God from a child. I've been taught how to study the word for myself. I've been taught how to share the word of God. But more and more these days, in this day and age, I realize the importance of myself being in the word, to study, to show myself approved. You see, I don't know all the answers, but I know where to find them. They're in the book. Amen? They're in the book. All we have to do is read it. We're to meditate on the word. The word has to be a constant part of our lives and our thoughts. That last song we sang, it said about his presence and him being our thought upon thought. That's the way it has to be. In the middle of the night when you wake up, what do you think about first? Is it his hymn? Is it him? Lots of times I find myself waking up in the middle of the night saying, I need you, Jesus, because he's everything. He's everything that I need. And if I have him and his presence with me, I can do all things through him because he's given me the strength to do it. We are to meditate on the word. It's to be a constant part of our life. Not just read it and check off your box. How many of you are, are make lists every day? I'm a list maker. I'm a type A to the very hilt. I, I make my list. You know, I've got it. In fact, I started, I started this coming week last night. Started making my list for what's going to be for each day. It all gets turned around, and I know that, and I've learned to adjust and be flexible. But I like a list. I like to check things off. But if you and I aren't careful, Bible reading and prayer become a checkoff. It doesn't become a time of intimacy with God. But it just becomes, okay, I checked that off. I went to church today, I checked that off, you know? No, when we get down to reading the word, it's a time of intimacy with God. We should meditate on the word when we get up, when we go out, when we come in, and when we lie down. It should be an integral part of our life. Scripture says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Each week, 
when I'm ministering in the facilities and I'm teaching the residents and loving on them. We sing the old hymns of the church. You know, what a friend we have in Jesus. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. The old rugged cross, amazing grace. We sing them all because they, it's amazing, even in the memory unit. They might not even know their name that day, but I can put on my Alan Jackson tape and we start singing because I don't have Rachel there to sing as beautifully and I don't sing beautifully. So Alan Jackson does a great job. And so we sing and all of a sudden I'll see a hand go up or I'll see tears roll down the cheeks. And so every time we sing lots of songs, we may sing six or seven songs before I give them the scripture from the word that day. But then when we're finished, before I leave them, I tell them three things. And I want to share that with you today because this is how simple sharing the gospel can be. The first thing I tell them, I remind them that Jesus loves them. And I tell them that he loved them yesterday because he knew them before they were formed in their mother's womb. So he loved them yesterday. He loves them today because Lamentations tells us that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. And then I tell them that he will love them tomorrow. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then secondly, I tell them, I love them. I tell them every time we're together, I love you because I do. They are precious to me. They are the people that the Lord has put me to be with them, and they are my friends, they are my family, and I love them. Scripture says, love your neighbor as yourself. Doesn't just mean the person next door. It means anyone that you're around, love your neighbor. Max Locato said, do little things with great love. I love that statement. Do little things with great love. And my friend Debbie Rogers Carroll said it like this, it doesn't matter how much you love someone. What matters is if they know it. Let me say it again. It doesn't matter how much you love someone. What matters is that they know it. And Bob Golf, the author and speaker, said it this way. Whatever you have to give, give it lavish, lavishly and graciously. Be a little reckless with your love. We are rivers, not reservoirs. We are to give out, not hold in. God has given us so much. We have found salvation. We have been delivered. We are free. We are God's children. We have so much to give. And then thirdly, I remind them that they are never alone. And I read the verse from Deuteronomy 31.8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Same thing that Matthew says. Do not be afraid. 
do not be discouraged. Now, you can bank on that verse. In fact, I am so into that verse with them that I give them a bracelet. Most of them have it already, but if anybody new comes in to a facility, we give them this bracelet. It says, never alone. It's so important that they know they're not alone. Because once they come into a facility, they often feel like they have been brought there and left. And many have. 60% of all people in the United States that are in a facility, 60% never have a visitor. Think about that. That'll crush your heart. 60%. So I want them to know that even though physically their family might not be there, Jesus is there. He's with them. He has promised never to leave them nor forsake them. So they don't have to be afraid and they don't have to be discouraged. I've said these statements, those three statements, I have said them so much that they know them. In fact, if I happen to forget to say them at the end of the, of the service, they'll, somebody will put up three fingers. Or one of the staff will say, hey, three things. The first time they did it to me, I'm thinking, what three things are they talking about? But I just have said it so much. So I'll start the statement, and they'll help me finish it. But when I get to this last one, I said, and I want you to remember, you are never, and they come out loudly, alone. Because I want them to know Jesus is with them. Do they all know Jesus? No, but we're working on it. I just did a funeral this past Saturday, Saturday before last, of a gentleman that came and, and just, he had known the Lord, just wasn't sure where he was there as he, as he became ill, more ill. It was really bad. And his family asked me if I would go in and talk with him. And I went in and talked with him a lot because he was my friend. But I went in and, sat and stood beside him and I, I got down so he could hear me. And I called him by his name. We'll call him Charlie. And I said, Mr. Charlie, I have one thing that I need to ask you today. And he said, okay. I said, have you asked Jesus to come into your heart and to forgive you of your sins? Are you ready to go to heaven? And he said, yes. That was the most joyful. I looked right at him. I said, Mr. Richard, none of the stuff counts from here on out because you're ready. It doesn't matter if you live, though I want you to, or you go. And I had the privilege of being with him just hours before he passed and then doing his funeral. It's not hard to do a funeral for someone when you know where they are. When you've watched them through the years grow in the Lord. But you see, I always ask. I always ask because I want to make sure that they are ready to go. That's the ministry. Jesus will never leave them. I want them to be sure that they know that. So I trust that you'll think about this this morning about the mission that you have been given, you have been called to. And take those three simple things and place them in your heart and share them because our mission is just to share Jesus. Tell people Jesus loves them. And I want you to remind yourself this morning that he loves you too. He loved you yesterday. He loves you today. 
and he will love you tomorrow. Tell people by word and action that you love them. Tell people that they are not alone, that Jesus cares about them and will be there for them. And I want you to remember that you're never alone either, that he's right there with you. And then never forget the end of this verse because it's his promise to us, his promise where he said, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Don't you love that? Jesus didn't give us a mission and then abandon us. He's right with us. He's walking beside us every day, and he's helping us do what he has called us to do. So think about it this morning. Who is God calling you to today? Who is he calling you to? What person, what place, or what ministry has the Lord laid on your heart? Has the Holy Spirit brought to your mind today? What is the place of mission for you? And then, what will you do about it? Will you be obedient? Will you go? Will you make disciples? Will you teach what God has commanded? Instead of saying no, or not now, or let me pray about it, be obedient to the call. And remember, Jesus has promised to be with you and equip you with power. May we live every day, every day of our life, may we live to fulfill the mission of Christ. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is simple, it is straightforward, and it is truth. You have told us to go. You have told us to make disciples. You have told us, Lord, to teach them. But you have also promised that you would never leave us nor forsake us. You would be right there with us. And you have given us your power and your authority to do what you have called us to do. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for that um, encouraging word. Um, I We're going to close out here in just a couple minutes, but I was sitting there you know, there's, I feel like there's an opportunity to do a tiny bit of discipleship and testimony at the moment and just remember how big our God is and that we do believe here that God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. And um, Becky and I did not talk this week at all <laughs> about uh, her message or anything like that. Um, I did not know that that's something that she says to people that they don't walk alone and we haven't sung that song never once in like months <laughs> um and so i just wanted to say like and I, I don't i didn't have some sort of magical quiet time when the lord said to sing that song <laughs> um that wasn't it wasn't that it's just we serve a god who is faithful to show up and when you have an idea about something that you're just doing your regular life and you're just doing what you normally do, um, I believe that God can speak to us and give us little, you know, hey, here's an idea. If an idea pops into your head, it might just be the Holy Spirit is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> as you walk with the Lord and as you are just faithful to um, 
to do it, then he's he's going to bring things together. He's going to be faithful, and he and he's not going to leave you alone. So, um, I'm looking for here it is. Thankfully, Pastor Brenda left for me the uh, sending out for us, so I can not flub it this time. Uh, I'm going to send you out with the blessing that Pastor Brenda always leaves us with. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. If you enjoyed today's message, why not share it with a friend? I invite you to subscribe at Apple Podcasts and our YouTube channel. We'd love to hear your feedback and comments. So glad that you were with us today. Look forward to seeing you next week. At Vienna Assembly of God, we love God, others, and life. And we're leading our community in a growing relationship with God.